Welcome, Gassers, to this special live episode of Gascast. I'll be your host, Tom Metcalf, and I'm delighted to be joined by Max, Nino, Kaz, and Jack. Hello, everyone. And could you just lift up your... <laughs> kind of have a look and... Let's what, lift up like that, or...? Well, I've got no sponsor left, to be fair. I bought it off today for like five quid, so no elite ampers for me. Oh, that's yeah. very upsetting. Um, um, for those who can't obviously see, if you're, if you're listening to this in retrospect when this does go live, we are all wearing Rover shirts um, of various colours and eras. Um, Nino's obviously the only one who hasn't gone with a home kit, so he's standing out like a sore thumb at the minute. Um, but it is a real kit this time, Ollie, isn't it? It's not a felt-tipped one. Yeah, I didn't have time for that this time, so I went for an actual kit. Yeah, you would have had to buy a lot of yellow and green marker pens to make that one. Yeah, it wasn't absolute beauty, mind. It is a beauty, and if you're selling it, I'll I'll always buy it. Um, I am not. Oh, devastated. Uh, (laughs) Before we get going, a quick word about our sponsor, Kahuna Flooring, who have signed on for another season. Uh, Kahuna supply and fit all types of flooring for your home or workplace. Steve comes to you with a sample selection service and offers deals on supplied and fitted carpets, vinyls, LVT, such as Dean and Antico, engineered wood and more. Get in touch with Steve today on 07917-667-777 and mention GasCast to receive 10% off all orders. Um, as mentioned right at the top of this is a live episode, so please no swearing, Jack. Uh, you can get involved by adding your thoughts, questions, abuse, whatever you like in the comments on Facebook. We'll be keeping an eye out throughout the episode. So we'll start with the kind of biggest news. Um, JCH has joined Posh for an initial fee of 1.25 million. Jack, do you think that represents good value? Good value deal for the gas? Yeah, I think, I think you have to say it is to be honest um looking at the the facts one year left of his contract pretty injury prone probably not a ben garner type player and and the fact that he was um wanting a move to the champ obviously it didn't work out with it being peter Brun. i mean there's been murmurs that his attitude wasn't great so to get over a million for him i think it does rep- represent really good value obviously as as we've seen in the past it depends what you do with that money uh so if if we can recruit well with it i mean even if we only spent half the money i know 500k has been reported for humphreys don't know how true that is but if we got someone in humphreys mold for half the money and we can pocket that for other players or, or whatever then i think we're looking good especially if jch goes to Peterborough and he, and he does pick up some niggles and he doesn't hit the ground running then we'd be loving it and I think there's been some sell-on fees in there also so even if he does bang then we're profit out of it as well so I think overall we've done pretty well and we've not really done well with um, some of our, our, our big players in the past but when they've gone on we've lost them for pittances in the past haven't we so I think overall pretty good. Yeah, interestingly, uh, Darren Ferguson said that Johnson needed to trim down a bit uh, in their first, or their uh, last preseason game. Um, you know, reporting to preseason training a bit overweight is usually a red flag that a player doesn't really give a toss anymore. Kaz, do you think this is Garner showing his ruthless side? 
Yeah, I think Ben Garner is a man with a plan now. He came in, obviously, at a difficult time when he had to take over from someone else and a team that wasn't his. Um, So now he's coming in, he's bringing in his own players. And like Jack said, I don't think he did JCH fit his style of play. Um, He wants to play on the floor, high tempo, um, and he doesn't particularly want a target man by the looks of things. So, um, yeah, I think he is just sort of bringing in, he's making room to bring in the players that, he feels like he can sort of boss around, make them fight for their place. I don't think he's a guy that will tolerate any complacency in the team. And as much as, you know, JCH has got every right to, to feel like he's, you know, better than this. And he's, he's probably just behind Tony and being the best striker in league one. Um, and he's got every right to think that cause he's done brilliantly. Um, but I think, that attitude may not gel very well with Ben Garner and he will want players that are fighting for their place rather than players that just think that they're going to walk into the team every week. So I totally understand why he's not in Garner's plans. Um, and hopefully he'll, he'll bring in someone that, you know, a couple of players with that 1.25 mil he can bring in and that, that will have to fight for their place and we'll see some passion and someone that really wants to be here. It just totally makes sense. Yeah. Um, Nino, do you think if we don't get a JCH replacement in the same kind of mould, are you happy with the attacking options we have now? No. No. I um, I like the signings we've made in attack. I think that a younger will be a good impact player. Uh, Daly, we've not really seen a lot of. Obviously, he came in January. Nicholson, I like the look of so far. I think they've all got promise, but they're all pretty young. They're all, I think, pretty much all playing their first full season in the Football League. None, So none of them have a particularly uh, lengthy goal-scoring record behind them other than a younger three levels below or something. So if we didn't replace JCH, I'd be very concerned because I think we'd be putting so much pressure on a bunch of basically unproven kids to grab us the goals. And having, you know, we've got Yakola in goal, probably one of the best keepers in the league. We've signed Aimer and Westbrook, probably two of the best players in their positions in the league. So to do that sort of recruitment and then go with a load of, like I said, unproven youngsters up top would just be a complete waste, in my opinion. So I think we definitely need to get someone in to take to sort of take the burden on their shoulders, I guess, someone who's more up for it and then just have the youngsters kind of supporting them. Yeah, Max, you've kind of been doing the commentary for pretty much all of the pre-season games. Um, do you think it will kind of work with the blend of youth and experience we've seen to have, well, we've seen so far in pre-season? Yeah, I mean, I've been impressed with how we've played in pre-season. And I think, you know, particularly that last game, the Cardiff game, what was impressive was that we essentially played two different 11s, um, which was a mix of, you know, players who you would expect us to be starting and players who are more likely to be on the fringe of the squad. Um, And in both halves, we played a very, very similar style of football. It looked like everybody kind of got the system and and were all capable of playing the system. So it it kind of feels like everyone's on board with, with Ghana's plan. And if anyone kind of drops out through injury or... From, through form you've kind of got someone who can just plug in and play um, and it, it seems to be very very uh, cohesive and fluid and it works really well but I, I agree with Nino I would be concerned about with Clark Harris going the experience up front I mean you look at our options in that front three uh, Ayunga's not played league football before and then you've got the combination of Tomlinson, Hargreaves, uh, Zane Walker and Mitchell Lawson who together have 
less than 40 senior appearances between them. So you're really relying on Sam Nicholson for experience there. And even he's only 25. So I, th- I think, yeah, I think the blend works. But particularly up front, you do need somebody with a bit of nous and a bit of experience, particularly in, in difficult games to kind of rally rally that, that front three. Um, and I think, yeah, I, th- I think I think it'll work. But um, a lot depends on who we bring up front. Um, and whoever we bring in up front is going to be the difference between you know finishing 14th and finishing top 10. Yeah, we're I think um, the, I think the way I think of it at the moment is that if we go into the season without a replacement and it's say we're drawing one all and a last minute chance falls to someone on the Rovers team, um, I couldn't really say yes, I'd want it to fall to him because I'd be confident in him scoring. And there's there's a few who I think maybe would score like Jada Mitchell Lawson seems like he's a decent finisher and a younger might be all right, but he missed some sitters in preseason. So I don't know, but there's no one that I could hang my hat on and say last minute chance he's scoring. And I think we need someone like that. Um, because I think I, if we don't replace him and we're, you know, struggling near the bottom come Christmas, I don't think we could complain because it would have just been a complete oversight to not replace him but I think we will so you know it's kind of pointless me saying that but anyway yeah that's exactly what I mean at the minute is I wouldn't want a last minute chance I wouldn't put my life on Iunga scoring it particularly as he had two or three really good chances against Cardiff and he didn't finish them um, and I just I just worry about how we perform in those high pressure situations those snap chances that can win you games and Clark Harris was obviously very very good at putting those away so I think, yeah, we, we do need someone with a bit of experience up front. This Humphreys guy from South End who's been mentioned, I, I don't really know much about him, but he's 22. Whether he is going to have that cutting edge that we're looking for and that bit of experience, I'm not sure. But, you know, I've got faith in the recruitment team to get the right man in. So, fingers crossed. Yeah, it feels like at the top of the top end of the pitch, we've gone with players who are a bit of a project and trying to kind of mould them into the finished article. Whereas at the back, we're looking at Max Aimer, Jack Baldwin, you know, players with tons of experience looking really good. Um, we'll go to you, Jack. Who would be your back three on in the opener against Dipswich on Saturday? I mean, it could be one of the few, to be perfectly honest. I mean, there's been some real standout performances in the back line. I mean, we, we expected there to be tough competition with the incomings that, that we brought in. I thought uh, Jack Baldwin looked shaky at the start of pre-season. Like Max, I've, I've gone to the preseason games and I thought he looked bereft of confidence. But seeing him against Cardiff, he was probably our standout defender. So that, that really puts him up there. I'm going to stick with my initial um, back three that I, I said a couple of weeks ago. And I, I would stick with Kilgore. I think having him on, on the right, um, I just love to see... Uh, a Bristol Bristol boy there coming through the academy. I know that's not enough to put him in the team week in, week out, but I think he's done enough last season and pre-season he's, look, he's looked decent. Obviously, Amos in, in the centre. He's been an absolute rock and he's going to be that commanding leader that we desperately needed when Tony Craig left. And then it's a shootout between Harry's and, and Baldwin. And just because of his left-footedness, Harry's goes in for me. He's he's looked great. He's he's not done much wrong in preseason. Maybe his distribution at times, but he can he can bring the ball out. And like I said, being left footed, he just gives us that that balance. Yeah, one of the positions that um, 
Roma's fans were kind of worried about was left wing back with Leahy um, having doubts about him. I I really rate him. I think he's great as a as a wing back as a as a stay at home left back. I think I prefer um, Kelly. Uh, we signed Tatunda. Um, we saw him on the stream against uh, Cheltenham, I believe, away. Mm, yeah, yep. that's the one. Um, Kaz, we'll go to you. What did what did you think of him? We only saw forty five minutes, but he managed to score in that, and he looked well for me amazing. Yeah, I mean, at the start, he looked like he was sort of just starting to click a little bit in the squad. Obviously, it's not easy for any any trialist to come in and and have that pressure of having to make a great impression. Um, But yeah, he covered a lot of ground, I thought. Um, He looked solid and then got in front of goal and and managed to to score. So I thought, like, in the end, um, taking into account the whole 45 minutes if I don't look at the shaky start that he had, because I know we had that discussion of whether he's going to look good or not. And then he just totally overrode it by the end. And um, yeah, I was really, really pleased when he came through and we signed him because I think he'll be a really good asset for us. Yeah. He seems to be at the right age that Ghana wants like 22 is he, I think. And yeah, definitely moldable. Um, I'll, I'll open this up to you, Nino first Westbrook. I've watched pretty much all, well, probably about half of the preseason games and I've, I, he's not really stood out for me. Has he been the like? Do you think there's more to come from him? Yeah, I think there's definitely more to come from him. I agree with you. I think he's been uh, quite quiet, maybe in the in the preseason so far. I think the first couple of games after he came in, though, I I didn't think the team were great in general. I didn't think that the way that Ghana was trying to get us to play was particularly clicking. Um, so I think, and he's kind of central to how we want to play. So I think that the way the whole team was playing, they all looked a little bit unsure. I think that impacted him. Uh, against Cardiff, I thought the performance of the whole team was much better. And I thought Westbrook, in the game he played in, got on the ball a lot more. Um, I, his passes aren't quite connecting. You know, he's trying these balls over the top quite often. A few to JCH when he was still here that didn't quite get through. But he, he's looking for the right sort of balls. I'm quite excited by just sort of his vision and the sort of passes he's actually attempting. And you can tell that once the players in attack who he's aiming these balls at get onto his wavelength sort of thing and are making the right runs at the right times and they're all synced up a bit better, then I think we'll see a lot more from him because at the moment he's trying balls that people aren't quite anticipating or are just a little bit behind. So I think once we're maybe 10 or so games into the season, I think that we'll really see the best of him probably. Yeah, hopefully. Um, I just want to go around to each of you in turn and I want each of you to give me a name of the player who's impressed you most in pre-season. I'm, I'm going to start with myself and I'm going to go Nicholson. Uh, Jack? Uh, Jaden Mitchell-Lawson. Kaz? I was going to say Leahy. Um, I'm actually very surprised at how, how much of a different player he's looked this year. Were you a Leahy fan last season, Kaz? Not particularly. Luckily, he didn't do a lot for me, um, which is probably why I am pleasantly surprised this time around. Um, yeah, I just think particularly the Cardiff game, I thought he looked great. Max? Cam Hargreaves for me. Would you like to elaborate on that? <laughs> yeah, okay. Um, I just think I, I wasn't expecting anything of him. I was kind of expecting him to be you know, the run-of-the-mill brought in under Chris Hargreaves, who's obviously the development team uh, coach so he's kind of kind of like a token signing who I didn't think was ever going to amount to anything um, and I think in pre-season he's shown 
he can step up to the void that Ollie Clark sort of left behind and being that proper utility box-to-box man. Um, tons of energy. He's obviously got a lot of energy and youth on his side, but he's got a lot of technical ability as well. We saw that with his goal against Exeter. Um, Garner seems to like him in that front three on the right-hand side. He's quite strong. He holds the ball up well, which we're going to need if we've lost, lost Clark Harris. And I think he's impressed pretty much every time I've seen him. Um, I've been surprised. Um, I think maybe that's because my expectations of him are maybe a bit lower than the rest of the squad. But, you know, he's really stood out to me and I think he's going to be a really useful player this season. And finally, Nino. Uh, so I'm going to choose two I'm going to cheat so from the youngsters I'd go for Zane Walker yeah um, Zane Gas Gas Walker indeed yeah and then from the from the more senior players I think I'd go for someone like Michael Kelly probably for what Max just said because the expectations of him were lower you know I've never been particularly blown away by him but in pre-season playing a new role at left centre-back I just think he slotted in there and not looked out of place at all and you know if he was to be selected in that back three against Ipswich on the weekend or even against Sunderland the weekend after, I wouldn't really have any problems at all because I'd feel quite confident in him doing well there, which before pre-season I wouldn't have said. So I'd probably go for him. I think, I it, says, I think it says a lot that um, we've all picked different players there because there's been so many standout performers this pre-season that I, I just, it just shows that we've got good quality and depth and how impressive we've been really. Yeah, absolutely. Um, just a reminder to anyone who is watching, we are live and we are keeping an eye on Facebook comments and we've had one come in from Lawrence Binks, aka Binksy. Uh, he says, can we talk captaincy? Uh, who do you think will be the full-time captain and why? Um, we'll come to you first, Kaz. Um, Amy, I would, I would go for Amy, um, just purely because I think he would be starting week in, week out, um, and he's, he's got a bit more experience on him. I know there were a few shouts of Kilgore taking it, but for me, I don't think um, he's ready. His debut 90 minutes was Plymouth away, um, which... Have we lost Kaz? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I would have loved it if you said exterminate then, Kaz. <laughs> oh, right. Oh, God, I don't know what's going on. Am we I weren't right just now? laughing at your opinions. You probably felt really <laughs> self-conscious then. <laughs> you had crazy. this weird, like, Terminator voice <laughs> going on right at the start. And then even down, and then it just cut off. Um, yeah, go for it. You, you said uh, Max Sorry. Dayton, I uh, I did say, uh, yeah, Aimer, I think he's had a bit more experience. Um, people were saying maybe Kilgore, but for me, Kilgore's not quite ready. Um, it wasn't long ago, Plymouth away, a couple of seasons ago, where he had his full 90 minutes for the first time. Um, I just don't want to put that added pressure on Kilgore, and I think Aimer is going to start in week, week in, week out, and I think he's a solid choice, so I'm going to go with Aimer. Yeah, any, any advances on that? Because Aimer takes my vote. Uh, be Yakola for me. Um, I think he, well, I, I would be struggling to give it to someone who's just come to the club um, simply because you know that's a big move to make when you know someone's new to a dressing room and they maybe don't know the rest of the squad as well as someone who's been there for a couple of years um, I just think Ansi's worn it a couple of times in pre-season and I just think he's a good solid choice because you can't really go wrong with him you just you, you set him and forget him he's, he's in goal he can command his back line and really, the, the captaincy armband is kind of ceremonial anyway, because we're going to have leaders all throughout the squad. You know, Upson, we've got Rodman, Mark Little, Aimer. You know, Alfie's very young, but he's a good leader for his age. So it's really kind of just token and ceremonial. And I think 
for that reason, I wouldn't give it to someone who's just come here. I'd give it to someone like like Ansi, who can kind of lead by example at the back. And you know, he's thirty three years old. He's seen, been there, done it, seen everything. So, yeah, he'd be my choice. Yeah, fair enough. Um, so the season starts for Rovers away to Ipswich in the Carabao Cup on Sunday, uh, Saturday. Sorry. Uh, hopefully, the post match presser goes without incident this time around. Uh, we've built this episode as a pre season prediction. So I think we should probably get stuck into that. Uh, Nino, I'm going to start with you because you've gone for the lowest prediction at 14th and that was with JCH. Can you talk us through your thinking? Uh, Yeah, so I like a lot of our signings, but a lot of them are young and unproven, like I said earlier. It's Ben Garner's first full season as a Football League manager or as a manager at all. Uh, Our assistant manager, it's his first full season as an assistant manager in the professional game. For a lot of our players, it's their first four seasons. I just think that there's a lot of unknowns. And obviously, although I'm uh, a big Team BG fan, uh, you know, his record last season was shit. So <laughs> he's got a lot of improving to do uh, if we're going to get above 14th. And there's a lot of new players bedding in, a new system, a new style of play. There's just so many variables that... I, and the league's looking strong, you know, on paper. I was saying on Twitter before the fixtures came out that the night before they came out, I was kind of thinking, oh, we could maybe push the playoffs. And then I saw the fixtures and how strong the league is. And I was like, oh, shit, we may be struggling to stay up here. So it was kind of a bit of a reality check about, you know, how it's how tough it's going to be this season. So I just think there's too many unknowns for me to feel overly confident in predicting top half or anything at the moment. Yeah, completely understand all that. It makes perfect sense. Uh, Jack, you've gone the other way and you've predicted ninth. Uh, can you talk us through that? Yeah, well, that's ninth with JCH. I, I, I was really buoyed with the, um, the way we were developing as a side and, and the amount of chances we were creating. And, and we all know that JCH, rest in peace, could score. Like, like if, if he got a chance... More often than not, he, he would put it away, and I thought we would create a lot of chances this season. Without having a, a bagsman at, at top, I, I do worry because um, I, I think we will play good football and, and, and we will turn up and, and have some good results. However, I'm, I'm still concerned about our ability to, to grind out a result if, if the, the, the silky pass and move football isn't quite working. What is our plan B? What's what's plan B with with Ghana, have we got a squad, have we got a team that can just roll up their sleeves and, and get over the line? I'm yet to be convinced about that. And, and I think the way Ben Garner is and, and what he showed or, or what he, did, he didn't quite show last season, I don't think we're able to do that. So I, I would probably revise my prediction down by five points, uh, five places, sorry. So probably about 14th. Um, I think would be better than most down, down the bottom. But um, as, as Nino says, there's some massive teams in, in this league and with, with, with some better strikers that, that will um, yeah keep them at the top. And, and yeah, we'd we've, we've probably do all right. I think we'd be pleasing on the eye. But yeah, just don't have that punch, I don't reckon. Yeah, extra points for using the word bagsman. I, yeah, yeah, I love Bagsman. It's uh, yes, it's a new one that's going around, isn't it, Bagsman? But a big fan. I've got a lot of time for it. Um, Kaz, you've gone for tenth and possibly trouble in the playoffs. What's your thinking? Yeah, so like we said, we we made these predictions with um, JCH still around, but providing 
providing we get a new striker to replace him, I'm going to stick by it. Um, I think, you know, a lot of people are worried about Ben Garner as a manager. Fair enough. He's not had that much experience. And the way, the way he took over last season and how he did and the results don't really prove him as a good manager, but there's more to it than just Ben Garner coming in. He's got a whole new team behind him. So he's got a new assistant manager, Jack Majeur from Chelsea. Uh, he's got a team of two analysts, analysis analysts I always get that wrong analysts uh, from Swansea that were highly regarded um, so it's not just Ben Garner on his own he does have a good team behind him a good solid team that are going to help him um, you know bring in these players and, and look at the opposition and and I I'm not sure what's going on with the training ground but I I do know that Wales has put a lot of money into sort of developing that as well and bringing in some new equipment um, so with all of that taken into account, I really do think we're going to see a more entertaining style of football than we did under Graham Coughlin. Um, and Max put up some helpful stats from preseason the other day. And there are players that are scoring from all over the field. And we didn't just rely on JCH in preseason. So based on that, I'm going to stick with 10th. And I hope that I'm right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'd take 10th. I think we're all quite pessimistic here. So I think we'd all be chuffed with it. Um, Max, you've gone for 12th. Um, but you're very excited about the youth players coming into the squad this season. Uh, I actually went for 11th, I believe. Um, oh, oh, I've looked at the, we all did a um, <laughs> blog post yeah. and JCH got sold and we all just revised it down massively. Yeah, sure. Yeah, well, I've gone for 11th and I'm actually quite positive. Um, I think I've been impressed by what we've seen in pre-season and I've been really impressed with the business we've done in the summer. I think Garner's recruited exactly the players he wants um, and I actually think that we're going to play some really entertaining football and score some goals um, whilst also staying pretty resolute at the back. We've got a very solid back three, a fantastic goalkeeper. It's now looking like our midfield has got creativity in it, not just with that central midfield partnership, but with the, the wide men in the front three. Um, I think we're going to create a lot of chances and play some good football. So I'm confident of our chances this season. I think we'll improve on last season, um, but I'm not going to get caught up in any talk of playoffs I don't think we're going to be anywhere close to, to playoffs to be honest I think we'll kind of hover hover about halfway and then we'll probably have a strongish finish and finish just just in the top half um, simply because I think you know for us this is a season of of development and change you know it's an, it's a new manager a new system a lot of new players um, and obviously with COVID and everything that's gone on in the world I think a lot can be set for stability and I think we should see you know, a top half finish, even if that is 11th or 12th, as a big success and a, and a successful campaign. Yeah, I agree. Um, so in, in the blog post that Max is writing, we all kind of put our, put our predictions in and then JCH got sold and we all just revised them down hugely. Uh, initially, I'd gone for eighth. I was really uh, optimistic. But since JCH has gone, I've still quite optimistic compared to everyone else. I've dropped down to 11th. Um, and that I'm kind of keeping in that range because I think like others have touched on, if we get a decent replacement in, I feel like we can maybe have an outside run at the playoffs. Um, without that striker, we're really going to struggle for goals. We might play nice football. We might be able to do the nice build-up play. But I think Ayunga is making such a step up and Daly is completely unproven. So it just feels like we are just a little bit light up front. So come the end of the season, we'll, when we do our end-of-season review, we'll see how close we've all got and uh, we'll we'll get some kind of wooden spoon for the person who's uh, the furthest out from all of us. Um, 
Some more questions are coming in from Facebook. So we've got uh, Harry Jenkins has asked, who is the surprise player of the year so far? Uh, I'll go for you, Nino. Uh, as in from the start of last season? I think it means who's going to be the surprise player this year, do you think? Oh, right. Uh, okay. Um, so I think the surprise player will be Cam Hargreaves. I agree with Max, what you were saying earlier about pre-season. You know, last, last, when he came into the team last year, he had loads of energy, ran around, pressed the hell out of the opposition, but, you know, didn't really look like he had anything about him in terms of technical ability, etc. But in pre-season, he just lo- he looks like a totally different player. He gets on the ball, he's got quick feet, he can go past a man. He scored a great goal against Exeter, was Exeter, it, I think? Yeah. Exeter. Um, and Garner saying he's the best player in training at shooting and scoring from the edge of the box and stuff. So he's obviously a far better player than I gave him credit for initially. Um, and I think he can either play as one of the two in the middle or as one of the two sort of just behind the main striker. So he's quite versatile. He can slot in. Um, so I think he'll get a lot of game time. And yeah, I've got big, big hopes for him this season. Uh, we'll go for you next, Jack. Who do you think? I'm going to sound like such a company man here, but uh, Zane Walker, I think. I mean, I, I I could have easily said Cam Hargreaves. I haven't really got anything to add from what Max and, and Nino said, said about him. But I think with, with Zane, the, the, the type of player he is, he will be a fantastic impact sub. Last 20 minutes, he's got incredible um, flair and pace and I was really surprised by his power. I mean, he he held the ball up fantastically well. So I think him against tired legs would be amazing. And and obviously he's got the the backing of Gas Gas. Though he does need to buy some new shin pads because they kept falling off against Cardiff. But yeah, no, I I think he's um a cracking little player and, and and he could surprise a few people when he comes on. And I didn't expect him to to feature this season, but seeing him pre-season and how much ability he has got I think he could come on and, and maybe call some headlines how about you Kaz uh, it's tough going third because I would have gone with both of those um, Hargreaves I think has been incredible in pre-season after the Cheltenham game I couldn't stop raving about him he covered so much ground uh, and he's definitely going to be a, a big surprise and I wouldn't be surprised to see him in the starting 11 quite often if he keeps that up uh, same as Zane Walker I think he's brilliant but if I'm gonna have to pick one that's a bit different I would say Harry's um, I don't think we saw much of him before uh, I don't think people are really expecting a lot of him based on that and um, I think he's been solid in pre-season and hopefully on par with Aimer and his defensive abilities so I'm going to go with Harry's. I'm going to chuck one in who has been injured I'm going to chuck Josh Hare in now I know we've seen what he can do but I think with a full pre-season and you know a bit of Ghana magic I think he's going to be unbelievable this season his whips are just ridiculous um and I'm, can... I'm a little bit concerned about his balls though um Mets or, or or his whip as as you put it because his his whip or his balls phenomenal for a JCH type but for for our front three if if we are playing that kind of false nine with JML and, and a couple of other little ones I I, I it's a struggle seeing anyone getting on the end of them. That's that's the only trouble with Josh Hare, a fantastic player. But yeah, just in terms of how we're setting up at the front. We're missing a big bags man for him to whip him into at the moment, aren't we? <laughs> we, we do need that big bags man. But yeah. I mean, our, our youngers looked, looked okay, apart from 
his finishing, I mean, the rest of his game looks fantastic. But obviously, it's, it's too early for him to be our, our standout talismanic number 10. Yeah, I was gonna, uh, Max, I was going to ask you, actually. Um, given the choice at right wing back, who would you go for, considering the squad right now, without like a big JCH target up front? Mm. Yeah, it's interesting what you say about Josh Hare, because I agree, he's got... He's got a great cross on him, but his game seems to be all or nothing for the cross. He does everything he, he can to get into that position to whip it in um, rather than look to progress the play. Because I think that's maybe how Coughlin coached him to, to play um, in that old system. And watching him against Cardiff, he did seem to kind of go all or nothing to get into those areas so he can whip it far post for, for someone to try and get on the end of it. But in this system, I don't know if that's going to be as compatible as last year. And for that reason, I think he's more likely to go with Rodman or Mark Little. Um, there's, you know, it, there's a lot of experience in that pair. Um, Alex Rodman's are, got the most senior appearances of anyone, anyone in our squad. And Mark Little's got the third most. And he's, Mark Little's actually got the most in the championship. So we've got some really valuable experience there. They've both got terrific engines on them. If Little can stay fit, then he's going to be a really good asset to this squad, both in terms of experience and ability. But I think he will go with Rodman simply because Rodman has got a brilliant engine on him. He's really good technically. He's strong on the ball. Um, and he's actually been pretty good defensively in a role that's quite new to him. So I think he's probably going to be the one who might get the nod against Ipswich. Um, and I think Josh Hare might be one who we maybe bring on as kind of an impact sub, like you said, with Iunga to try and maybe whip some crosses in when we're ch- trying to chase chase a, chase a lead. So, yeah, I like Josh Hare. He kind of, you know, he's not as young as I thought he was. He's 26. I was actually thinking he was probably more like 22, 23, and he's a player we can develop. Sure, we can still coach him a little bit and maybe adapt his game a little, but I think a lot of his game is that crossing. And I think the ball's going to be on the ground a lot more than it's going to be in the air. So I'm not sure how he's going to fit in compared to the other two. Fair enough. Uh, Graham Heal has asked, who do we fancy to be the teams to catch this season? Uh, I'll go for you, Jack, first. Who do you reckon? I mean, there's so many, isn't there? So many, like, big teams. I mean, I mean, looking at Peterborough, um, they've got to be up there and then... I mean, the teams that have come down from the champ, I know a few of them got some financial difficulties, so they might not be in Charlton the running. They will go out of business. I mean, yeah, in a terrible but, state. I mean, I mean, there's there's quite there's quite a few to be honest. Could 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 name a lot. So I I, I don't think we will be doing much catching. I'm, I'm afraid, Graham. I, I know I was pessimistic with my prediction, um, but yeah, no, I, I think the vast majority are going to be just too good, too strong. Um, I'm, I'm not pessimistic about how we're, we're shaping up. I think as long as it's promising enough and, and we've got a, a young team. Um, yeah, so yeah, in answer to your question, Prem, quite a few. <laughs> uh, Nino, <laughs> could you put any team names down or just everyone else? Um, I think uh, I quite like the look of Oxford, to be honest, as much as I'd hate to see them go up with, obviously, certain striker up front I think they've kept the majority of the team that they had from last year I think if the season had come to a conclusion and played out they would have gone up automatically um, and they've kept the majority of that squad and added quite well over the summer so and they've got a lot of stability I think that's the thing I look at the the teams who have got stability you know there's a lot of clubs uh, like ourselves who have made five six seven signings and you kind of look at those and think you know are they going to hit the ground running maybe not Whereas someone like Oxford, I think, you know, nine, ten of their starting 11 start the season is probably going to be the same. 
they had a lot of quality last year. I can't see that being any different. So I think I'd be surprised if they didn't go up this year. Fair enough. Uh, Kaz, you got anyone, anyone caught your eye? Uh, well, Sunderland are always up there, aren't they? They can't stay down in League One much longer. Um, so I, I feel like Sunderland will be, will be up there. Um, Peterborough, Ipswich, like I said, with us being 10th is because I genuinely believe we are probably going to be the 10th best team in this league, unfortunately. There, there are going to be a lot, of, a lot of teams that are better than us. And we have got a difficult start as well, which might... Um, get us off to a bad start and ruin a bit of momentum that we would have wanted. We would have wanted to kick off the season and, and make teams scared of us and, and look like we are going to be the underdogs or whatever. But unfortunately, with that tough start, um, I do think that it will probably kill any chances that we get of promotion, which is okay. If we can't be there, then I'd rather wait a year anyway. So it's fine. Yeah, Sunderland away being the first game of the season, a bit of a kick in the nads. Newcastle's mm. always a lovely, uh, lovely night out. Uh, yeah. Max, Ryan Mignano has asked, the number seven shirt is still vacant. Who should fill Circum's boots? And I'm going to add to that, uh, our very own Roger Nino has added, Bodin is available. Yes, right. I can't see us signing Bodin, even if, he, even if we could have... I think we can probably afford him with Clark Harris going. And if he was available, I think, you know, we'd have to consider him as an option, but... Um, thing is with Bowden is he's had a lot of injuries and I just can't see us going in on a 29, 30 year old player who struggled to get even 10 games a season under his belt for the last two years as good as Bowden was for us would I go back to that now would I give him a lucrative you know high wage contract given his injury problems I probably wouldn't I'd probably you know I would like to invest in the talent we've got give game time to Walker and Tomlinson you know Nicholson's a fantastic uh, pick up for us so you know we've got talent within our squad already um, and I don't really think Bowden's a typical number seven is he's more of a wide man and more of a number 11 so in terms of replacing Circum um, I'm not sure I mean you know we've got creativity with Westbrook Josh Grant's kind of you know your ball winner who can also play good possession football do we need another centre mid I think maybe we do um, does the Clark Harris funds kind of free up our options we had a couple of trialists in the Adam Mayer fee that we got from Clark Harris kind of opens up our options a bit more. Maybe we can go out and get someone who's a little bit higher quality to push Westbrook. Um, I don't know, but you know, it's it's difficult to call. I think we probably might sign another centre mid and a striker, and that'll probably be us. What quality that centre mid will be, I have no idea, um, because I think we have got good depth there with Hargreaves and Upson as well and Mayhew's been fantastic in pre-season um, he's another one who's surprised me so hard to say I'm not really sure we need an out and out number seven given that we're probably going to be playing a two-man midfield and, I, and I'd probably assume that Westbrook's going to probably play as many minutes as he possibly can yeah fair enough um, Charlie Hayne has asked a question about um, Humphreys uh, as we been typing um I don't know anything about him. I'm going to be completely honest. Um, I does anyone else? I, I watched the um, five-minute YouTube compilation, and obviously those compilations, it's only their good bits. But I think he's going to be better than Cristiano Ronaldo. To be honest, he looked unbelievable. Um, but no, I, I, was, I was very impressed. I because I, I looked at his stats and like he, he scored a few for South End. I think it where it's at about one and three, which is a really good record for a really struggling South End side. And 
saw that. I think he's like six foot. So, so I thought all his goals would have just been kind of like bundling it into the back of net type goals. But they were really technical finishes. Um, and it, and he looked mobile. He could hold it up. Um, quite a few good dribbles as well. So And he's, he's 22 as well. So feeding into the, the model that, that we're trying to adopt young players on the up. Um, with potential resale value, I think he, he could um, fit the bill, to, to be perfectly honest. Um, don't really know what else is, is out there. Um, but yeah, like I said, I, I think he, he looks good. He, probably a similar mould to Iyengar. Um The only difference is that he's actually scored league goals. So could well be worth a punt. It's just whether Ghana does want another number 10 style player like that um, because I, th- yeah, I think with the front three there's a lot of fluidity and, and everyone changing positions so and I, he's come out and said he's he's not necessarily after a number 10 so I, I don't know whether that's him um, being savvy in, 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 the, in the media with, with some of the con- contacts he's going for um, but yeah no, I, I think he'd, he'd look good so I'd, I, I wouldn't be upset if he came in I, was I think um, oh go on I was just going to say, I think someone like Humphreys fits Garnable so much more than JCH. You know, JCH was quite, <clears throat> he was always going to play through the middle. He was quite sort of, I don't know about static, but he was never going to be sort of interchanging with either of the wider two and doing a shift out wide for a little bit. He wasn't really going to drop deep, get on the ball and play it off. Whereas Humphreys is a lot more like that. He's a lot more mobile. He likes to drift wide and come inside with the ball. Um, he makes runs out wide from the middle. You know, he just, he fits what we want to do and how we want to play so much more. So if if that link is true, then it completely makes sense to me because I think he'd fit in perfectly. And although he's not had loads of experience in the football league, at least he's had some. Like It would be something and he's a great age, loads of potential to train him up and sell him on. Um, so yeah, I hope we go for him to be honest because when I... I can't see us dropping a big fee on a proven 20 goal a season man. We're just not going to do it. So I think the best we're going to get is someone like him who's had a bit of experience, done well at a club. Um, He's had a few injury problems recently, which I'd be a little bit concerned about. I'm not sure what they were, but he's missed a few games over the last couple of years. So I'd hope that those were, you know, not something too concerning if we did go for him. But yeah, I'd be quite excited if he came in, to be fair. I was a little bit gutted that Healy went over to, was it Marseille, I believe? Um, to lose, because I made that cracking joke on our Twitter. <laughs> oh, of course you did, yeah. Um, from MK, because he, he absolutely dominated us when we got battered there last season. I thought he would have been exactly what we needed. Um, Kaz, going into the season now, like the squad's kind of near enough there. Have you got any kind of lingering doubts about Garner after his basically, well, like Nino said, his terrible record as Rovers manager so far? Or is this a bit of a clean, clean slate for him this season? Yeah, I, I think it's a clean slate. I always said, even last season, I was saying, look, it's not his squad. Give him a chance. You know, people turned on him far, far too quickly. And it was a difficult situation for anyone to come in and have to take over a squad of, of players that are used to playing a certain way and try and change it up. Um, now that he's got his own players in, and it, none of us can deny it, it's been a cracking transfer window. One of the best I can ever remember um so he's done a great job already bringing them in the football has been much much better um the Cheltenham game and the Cardiff game I thought was just 
thoroughly entertaining football, much, much better than under Coughlin, much better. Um, so I'm not worried personally. I think if he can get this new striker in or maybe a couple new strikers, or like Max said, maybe an attacking midfielder, um, then his team will be ready. Um, obviously, we are lacking that now with JCH gone and Garner and the team are probably working very, very hard to try and find that replacement. Um, the most important players for me are the players that are going to be playing be- behind this new striker um, because we've got the likes of JML and Nicholson um, and then we've got Westbrook as well. Um, I think with them as a team behind whoever comes in, um, they will be the most important because they will be able to, they're quite versatile and they'll be able to play to whoever comes in. Um, I don't think he'll go for a target man. I do think he, he will want to play on the floor and he wants to feed it into the box. Um, so yeah, I think with, with the likes of JML and Nicholson, I think we can find someone who fits that bill. And if we can do that, I think he'll do, it, he'll do a good job this season. Charlie Haynes updated <laughs> us uh, on Humphrey's injury record, and it was because he had a fractured uh, cheek socket, uh, cheekbone, sorry, and broke fifteen bones in his face after a collision with the keeper. So should have run that off, surely. I, uh, Tony Craig would have easily. <laughs> yeah, um, Max, just to play kind of devil's advocate, we've got a really tough start, really, really difficult. How many games without a win do you think Ghana can go without? fans really getting on his back and pitchforks and all that kind of stuff I don't know I mean I always kind of I, I like to break the season down into quarters so reg, regular season obviously before Berry. you've taken that off Daryl haven't you league. well I do know you know you've got 48 games you split it into four quarters of 12 so you take it section by section and then when I start a season I always think 12 games is a good barometer of how a side are doing you can kind of judge it fairly after 12 games you know five or six games Obviously, if you have a tough run of fixtures, it's not a good basis to base your team on. But after a quarter of the season, you can say you've played a fair share of a mix of teams. So I think after 12 games, we kind of got to be looking at around 12 to 15 points to be mid-table. Uh, anything more than that is going to playoffs and, and, you know, obviously automatic territory. So, you know, if we don't have 10 points by 12 games, we'll be, we should be seriously worried, I think, um, even with our fixtures. So I'll kind of be hoping, hoping to see about, you know, between, between 12 and 15 points from the first 12 games. So three or four wins from 12, you know, win one in three games. I think that's kind of where we expect to be. Anything less than that, you know, if we're struggling to get a win, and it's been, you know, seven, eight games without a win at the start of the season, you know, that kind of generates bad momentum anyway. So by the time we get to that 12-game marker, you can kind, you're kind of going to know at that stage if this is working or not. Um, and I think that's going to be the telling point as well. If we do go on a bad run, is Ghana going to be the man to kind of galvanise the squad and get them fighting? Because, you know, that's the sign of a top manager. You know, it's all very well being able to do things on paper, theoretically, and, you know, in pre-season, but... You know, when when players are down and they're you know they're feeling sorry for themselves, and you've had a bad run, can he turn things around? That's going to be what's going to turn him from a coach into a manager, and that's what I'm going to be looking out for after 12 games. I think um, I think the thing with Ghana this season is that there just can't be any excuses anymore because no. it felt a little bit at points in his reign last season like he went a bit buckleish, and there was just you know there was always a reason why we weren't playing the football he wanted why we were struggling why we weren't picking up points and I I mean I felt like I spent months defending him on the forum defending him on Twitter against people who wanted him out after a while and stuff and 
because there kind of were valid reasons last season as to why some of this didn't happen. But then after a while, you kind of just felt like you were defending the indefensible kind of thing. So it was just going on and on and on and on and on. But this season, you know, he's had a whole summer to shape the squad. He's going to be working on a brand new training ground, which is the same pitch as the men, blah, blah, blah. Um, and just everything now is lined up. He's got his own assistant manager in, which I'm sure he would have wanted from the start. Everything now is perfectly set up for him to really kick on now. So I think, you know, if, if midway through the season we're really struggling, there's no defence for him anymore because all of the reasons last season why we were doing pretty shit are gone. Yeah. So it's, uh, it's a big season for him. I completely agree. Yeah, I think that sums it up perfectly. And that actually brings us right to the end of the episode. Um, so thank you very much, Gases, for listening and getting involved. It's been an absolute pleasure talking on all things Rovers. And uh, hopefully we get a result on Saturday. Um, if you've enjoyed this one um, and you want to hear more, uh, you can subscribe. We're on iTunes, Spotify, we're on Twitter and Facebook and everything, obviously. Um, but the big thing you can do for us, if you really love us, is leave us a, redu- a review on iTunes. Uh, it makes us a massive difference. I love the I love the heart there, Nino. That's beautiful. Um, it makes a huge difference to, for people to be able to find us. Um, so that just leaves me to say, up the gas. Up, up, up the gas. gas. <laughs>